This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Welcome to another Unlocking Astrology with Samuel Reynolds. Hello there, sir. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Hey. um, Last time, we were going to start with Aries, (laughs) and then... And then we went into the ages. All right. Um, I'm not going to derail it. We got to start with the first uh, Zodiac today. And, you know, I'm a Taurus. And I am always curious why we start with Aries and not Capricorn. Well, because starting with Capricorn is a recent invention, right? Just like even our conceptions of time. You know, I'm just going to, I'm going to derail it slightly just to give people an overview and a context. And this is something that Larie and I talked about, oh, I would say almost 17 years ago, she took a class with me. Larie Daniel Favors? Yeah. Afro State of Mind? Mm Mm-hmm. She did. She knows more than you might think she might know related to astrology and different things. Um, But it it, it wasn't just a, she had operated a whole, I won't say a mini university, but bringing people together to share their knowledge at this place that we had and um, that she even owned and operated with her partner for a while called Food for Thought Cafe in Bed-Stuy. And um, one of the things that I've been attentive to for a long time is the conception of time and how people's, people's conception of time informs your own. Because once I can inform your sense of time, time, I can operate every level of your life on some sense. And um, so one of the things to understand in terms of the conceptions of minutes, nanoseconds, all these different things, it also starts the orientation of the year. So most people around the world um, for eons commence their year at spring. And when we say spring, I am talking about the Northern Hemisphere version of spring. And so that, that commences around March 21st, 22nd. This idea of starting the year calendrically more during the time of Capricorn um, is, is really recent. So that's more of our now calendrical year. I'm not completely clear on the reasons for the shift. That's one thing I plan to investigate more in terms of you know, why January. I think you know, it may have been to kind of center um, more a sense of uh, things related to the Christian calendar, um, you know, related to like, you know, it's interesting that even we celebrate the birth of Christ now um, during the time of Capricorn. And that has a lot of different roots that are older than just Christianity itself. But, you know, even still most of the world celebrated it in, in April. I mean, not April, March, during the time of what we now call Aries. One of the oldest civilizations, one of the oldest cultures, um, which now we call Iranian, right? They still celebrate the beginning of their year at Norus, right? Which is the beginning of, like, not spring, but even, like, the coming back to life from the Zoroastrian religion and tradition. So the reason why Aries is kind of centered that point, because in that part of the world, Mesopotamia, which also spills into what we now know is, or spills over into Iran and all that part. They started with Aries. They started with the commencement of the spring cycle. 
before we get on too far, you know, when we talk about Eden, we're talking about that part of Africa, that part of Iran, that part of Iraq, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, people don't even recognize that that is the birthplace. The first Christian was an Ethiopian uh, person that was part of the Candace's, uh, you know, it's like, Religion, it, we've been so misinformed about the origins of things, which is why for me, having this discussion with you, being skeptical about what astrology is, this is really not a discussion about astrology as much as it is uh, for me, a kind of learning about history through the stars, right? Like how do we even get, you know, the first religions, you know, you, you talked about your religious journey, but in many religions, looking at the stars, you know, the, the pyramids were built looking at the stars. They're, they're super important, and yet they don't hold any place in modern Western society. And to me, it seems um, counterproductive to ignore a piece of who we are as human beings and not incorporate it into our lives. So whether you look at your horoscope, which I do not, whether you get your charts done, which I have never done, whether you believe in astrology or not, the stars are there for yeah. a reason. There's a book that was just on the market, I think 2019, 2020, called The Scheme of Heaven by Alexander Boxer. And he is a data scientist who has a passing interest and hobbyist interest in astrology, but he's a skeptic. And one of the things he talks about and documents is that in the, re the record of written history of science, one thing that cannot be ignored that so many different elements of what we now call science has its beginnings in the pursuit related to astrology, right? Um, whether we're talking about cryptography or we're talking about, yes, astronomy, obviously, um, or we're talking about aspects of using mathematics, you know, related to astrolabes, all these different things, these pursuits in terms of understanding more of the physical universe, starting with the stars is really important. So that's for science, that's for religion, that's for all of it. So going back to the beginning, right? And going back to Aries, um, one of the things that's profound to understand about Aries and the idea of the ram, and that is probably one of the earliest connotations with the sign. Um, it was called, uh, you know, by the Babylonians, the hired man, but it wasn't so much about the man as much as what he was hired to do, which was kind of to, to tend to the sheep and tend to, you know, the beginnings of life coming back, you know, and that's also when we can expect, you know, the first, not just, you know, in terms of, you know, with the crops, but also in terms of, you know, the first birthing of animals, you know, that, you know, in terms of the, I won't say fowl, but, um, you know, more animals like uh, the, the sheep, the oxen. Yeah, livestock, thank you. Yes, I do. It's I'm Monday morning, me. still for me. I'm still working <laughs> on it. But yeah, for livestock. And so kind of with this life coming back, and understand, even though I'm starting with Aries, and even though we start with Aries, this, this cycle of emergence has been happening. So I'll go back to Capricorn for a second. So the thing to understand about Capricorn, we focus so much on like the shorter, you know, especially starting from the solstice that we're going toward the longest nights and the shorter days. But once we get past that point, literally, right, say around the 24th to 25th, we have the resurrection of the light and the light is continually coming back to its 
we have more emanations of it roughly around February 1st, February 2nd, which in other traditions is called St. Bridget's Day or Candlemas, and here in America is Groundhog Day, right? But what we're talking about is not shadow. We're talking about the coming forth of light. So by the time that we get to March 21st, we have the balance point of light. The sun appears to be, by its journey, its imaginary journey around the earth at the equator. So that's called the equinox. So we're going toward the equal point of light and day. And at that particular point, we're also going toward the tipping point where we start to have longer days going into longer or shorter nights. So people have to understand that it was really a celebration of light, right? And the light in terms of not just the stars, but the light within. So Aries becomes the emanation of the, the balance point, we might say, of dealing with the light within, right? And that was called, and this is one of the key words that modern astrology gives to Aries, I am. Now, that should be significant to Christians because, and also I'm sure it is to, to Jews, because when, you know, I'll say Allah introduced um, themselves to Musa, Moses, and Musa, Moses asked, what is your name? Who is this, right? I am that I am, right? So when we say I am that I am, we think, you know, we don't think about the more immediate aspect of it. Because when you say I am Karen Hunter, I am Sam Reynolds, I am this, I am that, who is that I am that is saying I am? So what Allah was saying was I am that I am. So the actual sense of being, how we have the rootedness in being is symbolized in Aries. So Aries becomes that spark, right? That joie de vivre, you know, in terms of the emanation of spirit going into the world, like a young ram frolicking in the fields, right? You know, like feeling the energy, feeling itself, right? The sun is said to be exalted in Aries. Now you may say like, why is it exalted in Aries? Because the light is coming back, the light has resurrected. It's no accident that in terms of Christian mythology, and that's what it is. In Christian mythology, you know, this is especially true for Protestant Christians and Roman Catholic Christians. It's different for Eastern Orthodox Christians. But I will ask a Christian, so when's Easter? And Easter, by rule, is always gonna be the first Sunday after the full moon of the vernal equinox. That's a rule. That's literally what it's going to be. It's going to be different for the Eastern, Eastern Orthodox because they may observe a different dimension of the calendar, but it's still going to be during the vernal equinox. So it's going to be either a Sunday off, maybe two, but not usually. So if we take that into account and we're going to go with that idea, Easter then symbolizes not just the resurrection of Christ, but the resurrection of the S-U-N, right? as related to the S-O-N. So we have to understand, and we can go back and say, yes, it's also recognizing, you know, the goddess Ishtar, Stare, you know, it goes back in terms of the, the history to Babylonian times, but they're, in my mind, all of one piece, symbolizing the resurrection, the moment of the sun coming back to life. So in the idea of the Aries personality, which is what people might be more hooked into, 
the real element is not just like, oh, to be arrogant or to be first. It really is, you are the first emanation of the I am. So this brings up an interesting question that I always present to Aries when I talk about it in the general sense. I don't mean Aries individual, but the collective idea of it, which is, are you gonna be the I am or are you gonna be the me? Because the me is gonna be attached to, well, you know, I as Sam Reynolds, and I'm not an Aries, but just to give the idea, as Sam Reynolds, I'm going to do this and this is about me and because I am a leader. So you're making it about this embodiment of spirit rather than spirit. Because when you make it more about spirit, then you're serving the I am, which is in all of us. And by, I guess the spirit heard me. So, um, so by virtue of really taking in that embodiment, and letting it settle in more your, your soul and your, your sense of waking life, then you are first, not because like you're trying to be first, but you're dealing with the pure emanation of wanting to be in the world. You know, you're trying to meet the world where it is. And at the same time, bring to it light, energy, just like the sun does, you know, in terms of warming the earth and we see the sprouts coming up. And we see like, and we feel the energy, we feel the charge of spring in the Northern Hemisphere. So this is the beauty of, of Aries. Um, and that can come through so many different ways. One way that I, I also like to highlight is it can come through the voice. So I don't think it's any accident that we have so many Aries divas, you know, from Diana Ross to Aretha Franklin to Jill Scott, right? Um, we have people, Mariah Carey, you know, with this projection wow. and power of voice and energy. Um, you know, we still don't know if, if Luther is on the Aries side or the Taurus side, but he was at the putative cusp. Yeah. April right? 20th, right? April yeah. 20th. Yeah, I claim him as Taurus. All right, you, you take him. I you know, but, him. but, you know, there's something he might he have. A diva. A diva. Yeah. A diva. Uh, my, my mother, uh, April 2nd. Uh, is an Aries, right? And <laughs> she tried to have me on her birthday, right? Mm -hmm. So she went to the hospital and said that she was in labor, but she wasn't. Um, and then I was, <laughs> and I was like in the womb, like, mm -mm, right? Mm -hmm. You know what? I'm, I'm gonna stay in here another 22 days. 22. Yeah. Uh, I find that interesting. I'm raised by an Aries, so I have an intimate understanding of the sign, but through my primitive understanding of it. You know, and yeah. she, she never really, she knows she's an Aries, but it wasn't, that wasn't part of my upbringing, but th there was constant friction between that ram and that bull, you know? Well, and, and, you know, some measure of that, as I've said before, is one thing to understand about the progressions through the Zodiac is that there are at least two ways in which we can behold that. If you want to be more of the divine mindset, it is the story of God becoming God, right? And if you want to do it more from the humanistic point of view, it's the story of humankind or man becoming man or humankind. Now, what I mean by that is that each sign, each um, uh, next sign is, is the answer to the one preceding it, which can create tension. So Aries is kind of, like I said, that spirit energy of, you know, kind of coming into life and not thinking so much about that they have a body, right? It's kind of like, well, I have a head, and so I'm going to go first, head first into 
different things and charge ahead. So Taurus is kind of like, you do know you have the rest of it too, right? That needs to eat, maybe lounge and enjoy. You know, you always want to rush off and do something and kind of, you know, proceed into something or think that you have to invent something. Taurus might like, well, let's, let's enjoy what we've got right now, right? And work on developing that a bit more and um, chew our food rather than rushing through our food in order to get to the next place, which Aries often may do. It's kind of like, well, you know, I'm thinking next, you know, whereas Taurus is like, I'm thinking now. So there's ways in which there's an incorporation, literally, and I want to use that word that happens from Aries, where we have the spark of light that becomes embodied in Taurus, right? So that is some measure of the transformation, right? And then I can go on and I will go on as we talk about the other signs, but Aries is more kind of dealing with that raw energy, that raw spark and feeling the need to kind of make things happen um, and to initiate. So for instance, I have an Aries friend who, um, you know, when we had some miscommunications in Bed-Stuy in our neighborhood, um, she said, we should have something that, you know, people can, you know, look at and have a sense of what's happening in the neighborhood. And, you know, maybe I should start that. Sam, and she, you know, started ordering. She's like, well, maybe, Sam, you could do, do this, blah, blah. I think we already got that. I think it's called a newspaper. And we have one in our neighborhood. So why don't we write to the newspaper? But she was ready to kind of initiate something that already existed. So that also can be Aries, right? So they can be foolhardy in the sense like, well, something needs to happen. You know, these are the people who might show up and you know them well, Karen. <laughs> we all assume them, especially if you've been dealing with black people, like, you know, they learn about like, you know, abductions and, you know, that's happening around the world with black women. You know, it's like, somebody must do something. Something must happen. Well, there have been people working on this for the last 20 years. Um, <laughs> you can work with them rather than thinking that they have to initiate it and make it happen. So one of the things that Aries also has to learn is patience. And, you know, there may be some measure of uselessness in saying that. So I've learned to kind of put it differently. It's not so much just patience, because they may not understand patience just on the level of like, well, be patient. It's more so than direct your energy more toward participating in a marathon rather than thinking that you're going to run a sprint, right? And which also can be something that Aries contend with because they're not always prepared for the, for the marathon. So they think about, you know, I'm going to do this. They're, they're running on the excitement because they're a fire sign. And as a fire sign, they feel the charge of energy to start something. But the trouble can be to finish something, right? And so it becomes the work of learning how to finish. This is one of the reasons why I think it's wise that the sign, the planet, I'm sorry, that um, is in charge of Aries or what we say rules Aries is Mars. And Mars is said to be exalted in Capricorn, a sign of Saturn. And Saturn is the slow moving outer planet. So it's dealing with constructive strategic action, right? It's learning so that it's learning to moderate your energy monitor your energy set so that you're prepared you're prepared to kind of go over a longer period of time 
with more effectiveness. So one of the things that Aries has to be attentive to is thinking like, rather than just bursting on the scene and think I'm gonna shake everything up, have a plan, <laughs> have an idea of what you wanna do. There's a certain impulsiveness um, that can be rooted in the emotion, you know, of you know, making something happen. Sometimes it works because you're just authentically being yourself. One example I can give you. So before I moved to New York, I lived in Philly and I was on the poetry scene. In, in Philly. And one of the people I knew fairly well, I knew a couple of different people on the, on the poetry scene. It was in, you know, um, more so, you know, the, the mid 90s, the early 90s. So one of the people I knew is Jill Scott. And Jill lived in North Philly. And, you know, anybody who knows anything about Philly at the time in the early 90s, North Philly was not the place to be. You know, Temple has definitely changed things up there gentrified it but north philly was like i used to describe parts of it as the apocalyptic eschaton right it was kind of primed for you know it's like yo what bombs were left here i thought move was bombed you know more so in some parts of west philly i don't know what happened you know around osage avenue i didn't know what happened up here anyway she just to demonstrate that impulsiveness that can work she came to um, a poetry reading set one time at the October Gallery in Philly um, when they used to have readings there in her pajamas, right? And I was like, girl, why you show up? And it was visibly her pajamas. And I was like, why are you in your pajamas? And she said something profound. She said, I want to feel comfortable because there was a, you know, a drive-by shooting in my neighborhood and I don't feel comfortable. So she did poems related to that. But now she just did that impulsively. I don't think she did a lot of strategic thought. It wasn't like, I'm gonna be Jill Scott. You know, she was just someone else on the scene who had talent and she wasn't even really singing that much. Um, but that shows you some measure of like her being herself just by virtue of literally being herself, right? Now I, I don't, you know, I have, haven't been in touch with Jill for, you know, a long time. So I don't know if she's still on that track but that's something you might often see with Aries, right? You know, they really will put a lot of import on being themselves. The key, the key thing is that emanation of that, what we call that self is really the I am. And so we have to be responsible stewards of that and not think that we own it as ourselves. But that's getting into much more metaphysical. The self, no, I mean, but I think that that's important. And the reason why we're doing this breakdown this discussion is because this is about knowledge of self, right? So all of the signs have different traits. All of the signs have different movements, planets that rule it, like you were just saying. I don't know what that means, but you'll explain a planet that rules. Yeah, what do I, and all of that. Why don't but, I do that next? Yeah, but go on, finish your thought. I'm sorry. But, but you know, the, the importance is, you know, what you're saying is it to know what drives you, where your frailties could be, where you're, you know, the things that you need to work on will help you become a better person and a better mm -hmm. steward of this spirit that was given to you at birth, right? Because we were all, we all came in through a divine. That's correct. So the goal is to get back to that divine. And these are the tools that will help you do that, right? So if you know impulsiveness is something that is ruling your sign, then before I run into something, let me take a beat and plan. Right. 
if, if, you know, like the Aries is the life of the party. You want to have an Aries at your party. You definitely want to, they're right. going to make that party. Taurus probably might, may be in the corner. We could hold court, but it's not, you know. No, you want to Yes, uh, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. You definitely want a Leo there, but we'll get into that later. But, you know, like there are certain people that, you know, you're, you, we all have a role and a purpose, but knowing fully why we're here or who we are and what our potential is, I think is super important. So the work that you do, I'm going to shut up now. I, I just wanted to- Yeah, you also want to have, you know, just to go back to Aries, you also want an Aries, you know, you want to be attentive to the Aries related to a client. I mean- I have an Aries client. I have a few Aries clients who have brought throngs of people to me, right? So if you have an Aries behind you, you have a real cheerleader, right? If you can impress an Aries, right? They'll, they'll go to bat for you. I also will say something that is going to stir up, you know, it's probably some listeners, but um, it's kind of controversial. Um, we haven't gotten to Virgo yet, but people are always like, Virgos are so neat and meticulous and clean and all these other things until you go to the house of some Virgos and be like, I thought that's supposed to be clean. What's that? Is that a roach? No, I'm not saying that all Virgos will have roaches in their houses or anything like that, but it may not be as meticulous, right? If I had to hire between two signs to clean my house, right, between Aries and Virgo, I would get an Aries, right? And you might say like, well, why, right? Well, I'll come to a little bit about related to the Mars and the logic. And this is something I've also thought about and then also tested and seen and then had other people attest to it on Twitter and different, you know, different things. So why an Aries? Because an Aries as a sign of Mars is going to be attentive to the mission to clean the house, right? And I'm going to, this is the job. It's almost like a soldier. This is the job that has to be done. Now, will they have everything completely spotless? Mostly, but not exactly, right? Where so I get the areas to kind of clean the whole house. The Virgo will be like, I'm still cleaning the stove. I'm working on it, right? And the stove will be almost immaculate, but because they can get so attentive to the granular detail of that one spot, they haven't, you know, done the whole house in the span of time I've given. Whereas areas like, okay, stove is reasonable enough. Now I'm going to move on to the refrigerator and move on to the top, you know, all these different things, the trouble spots of a house. If you clean houses, you know what I'm talking about, right? So that's why I would say that. And that's kind of where we also can talk about areas related to the sense of the mission, the drive, because they're the primal force of the I am. Now, why are we talking about rulerships? You know, what is rulership about? Because that, you know, for black people, that's always a little testy. You know, I always joke because I have a master's degree in African-American studies. I'm like, we really need to have another term for for that that degree because I don't, I don't I'm not comfortable with saying I have a master's degree in black studies right so rulers right that's another term that we have that we should be sensitive to well what does that mean the basis of signs as I mentioned probably in our first talk um, relates to constellations and constellations are different than how we frame the normal zodiac whether we're talking tropical or we're talking sidereal constellations, let's be real, and I think our ancients knew this, are millions of years, light years away from us. They're remote. So they represent more, if we want to say, even the idea of distant energies that beam toward the earth. The dispensers that bring it more into a certain immediacy, 
are the planets that are closer to us within a certain sphere that we can see and connect with. Those guides are what we call the rulers. They actually were best described, now I don't know how we were describing them, um, you know, in terms of Egypt and Kemet, but the Greeks uh, had a term which was okodespotes, which means householder or keeper of the keys, right? So they would be the keeper of the keys, but we just say rulers, right? Because I don't know if we want to say the key holder every time. Maybe, maybe that might be a cool term, you know, like the key holder that opens up Aries. Um, so that is what Mars does, right? As the quote unquote ruler, as we say it. Why? Why, why that? So there is something called the Thema Mundi because a lot of people think that the rulership of the planets is conditioned by, the, by a measure of affinity. They think, well, Venus rules Taurus because Venus is like unto, you know, the pleasure-seeking aspects of Taurus. And that is not the reason. The reason is that if we start, and, and bear with me because then I have to explain this in layers. If we start with the moon ruling Cancer and the sun ruling Leo, and there's a reason why we start with Cancer and Leo, but I will have to come back to that. And when I say come back to, I can do it after I go the whole schema. And I mean, visual aids probably would be best. And so I can probably send you a picture of the Thema Mundi to kind of attach um, to the YouTube or whatever. Um, but Cancer, Leo, Moon, Sun. And then we, we flank out from next fastest planet after the Moon to the slowest. So on either side of the Cancer and the Sun, we're gonna have Mercury in Gemini, and we're gonna have Mercury in Virgo. Then the next fastest planet, or yeah, or slowest, depending on how you wanna look at it, is Venus, Venus in Taurus, and then Venus in Libra, flanking from that Leo after Mercury's in Virgo. Then Mars in Aries, then Mars in Scorpio, then Jupiter for Sag and Jupiter in Pisces. And then it's going to be Saturn in Aquarius and Saturn in Capricorn, right? I think I reversed it, but people will get the general idea, right? And I say, we move from looking at each of those signs from the moon and the sun, from Cancer and Leo, all the way over to the slowest planet, which is going to be Saturn opposing the sun and the moon from Cancer and Capricorn. It's geometric. So the idea of rulership and, you know, one of the definitions I give for astrology is the observance of the geometry of planetary bodies as they relate to what's happening on earth. And that is from the Egyptians. And then to go back, there's at least two theories on why we start with Cancer and um, Leo, not for the Zodiac, because we already clarified that's Aries, but in terms of understanding rulership or key holders or however you want to designate them. One theory is that we start from Cancer because the sun gets to the highest tipping point. If we imagine the sun going around the earth, going toward the Tropic of Cancer, you may have learned that in school. Cause I remember asking my fourth grade teacher, why do you call it that? Why is it the Tropic of Cancer, Tropic of of Capricorn, because that's what they're called, Sam. Why? Because you didn't know, right? 
So the answer is because the sun appears to go toward that highest point, you know, in terms of that 23 degree and a half mark along the earth of the ecliptic, right? And, you know, the obliquity of the, uh, you know, the tipping point, how the earth seems to have this gangster tilt like that, right? Um, as it goes to that particular height, it's at Cancer. And then as it starts to go back toward the equator, then that's going to be the equinox, either the vernal or the autumnal equinox. And then it's going to go down for what we call winter, right? Now, once you understand that, that movement, that's one particular theory we'd say like, oh, the sun at that highest point, it makes sense to kind of start the movement of looking at the um, rulership from the sun in Cancer, right? But we give that to the moon because it's an articulation of the feminine and the quote unquote masculine or the receptive and the assertive. You might notice then that I mentioned um, Mercury in Gemini, right? Which is an air sign, which is all the fire and air signs are seen as quote unquote masculine or assertive. All of the earth and water signs are seen as receptive or quote unquote feminine. So Mercury in Gemini paralyzed uh, parallels Mercury in Virgo, and Virgo is receptive. Venus in Taurus, Earth sign, Venus in air, um, you know, an air sign, which is also masculine. So there's a parity that runs throughout all of them. So there was a schema of talking about balance. So when we start with Cancer for the moon and the sun, you know, for the queen and for the king, there's a testimony of balance. There's another theory which I like more. The other theory, because we do know that the Greeks got it from the Egyptians, is that we talk about the heliacal rise of the star Sotpet, or what we know as Sirius, right? Coming around that particular time of year, which is would, would have been you know June, July, and that was the beginning of the year for the Egyptians, right? So the idea of starting from Cancer was because of honoring probably what we can say as the Hellenistic roots of astrology, which was really from Alexandria, which was again an Egyptian civilization. So Mars is seen as the ruler for Aries because that is what we call his day house and his night house or receptive winter home, if you want to call it that, is Scorpio. So most, the five planets rule two signs with the moon and the sun only ruling one because they're the king and queen of heaven called the luminaries. So that's, and these also, by the way, are the seven heavens, right? So even in the Quran and in the Bible, when we talk about the seven heavens, this is what they're talking about. Um, so I think, yeah, does that pretty much? Yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, you, you, you did it. Okay, so just really quickly, the, the basic traits of an Aries, anyone who's an Aries, and you know, what I really think is powerful about doing this series is that everybody is a sign. Everybody listening is a sign. And yes. everyone who's listening knows all the other signs. Well, like it's even deeper than that. Go ahead, everyone, tell me how deep. Everyone is all 12 signs. You have all, you have all 12 signs in you. You just have them in different proportions, right? So your sun is in Taurus, but you may have uh, at least another planet in Taurus, right? And you have, by virtue of having all 12 signs, you have also emanating in your chart all the seven planets I mentioned and then some of the additional ones. 
And then remember, as I said, that the key holders are the rulers of all those signs. So they have something to say about them, right? So, so what you're saying is that we're all ostensibly connected. Yeah, we are. We are. And by virtue of being connected, we also have to realize by understanding our portion of heaven, you know, the more that you understand your portion of heaven, the more that you can be aware and in touch with the other portions. But you got to have a starting point. So when people say like, I'm a Taurus or I'm a Scorpio or whatever, you know, they're just starting at the lobby level. They have a whole huge skyscraper that's bigger than the Empire State Building to kind of cover, you know, or the Sears Tower. There's ways in which you have to go up and go deeper. And then as you're elevating toward the divine. Mm. Okay. So what are the traits of an Aries born? What, what, what's the, what's the frame? Because I've seen different charts. Yeah. Well, and, and let me explain that too. so every year for multiple reasons, the sun may have a different ingress at a different day. And a lot of people think like, Oh, it should be the same day. There are leap years, right? Which will change when the sun goes into a particular sign, it's all operating by particular degrees. So the sun, for instance, I'll use my sign. The sun went into Sagittarius um, pretty much the night of the 21st or the early part of November 22nd, right? Whereas when I was born, it was still very much for, you know, it had a whole you know, 18 hours into the 22nd before it was going to go into Sagittarius. So it really depends on the, you know, the year. So we can have Aries starting from March 20th, March 21st, usually, and then ending around either April 19th or April 20th. I would say it's kind of pushing it to say the 21st, but roughly. Usually April 20th is the first day um, of Taurus, or it could be the last day of Aries, right? This is why we have the question related to, you know, that guy. We won't mention him right now, but that guy from, you know, Deutschland, you know, he, um, you know, we don't know. We do know what, because we have his birth data, but we, you know, some people are like, well, which is he? You know, and no offense, Karen, he's a Taurus. No, I knew that. Okay. I knew that. We're talking about Hitler. Um, Dominantly, we didn't really and, want to talk about that mofo, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, I mean, which is why for me, we'll talk about Taurus next week, but for me, that's the potential, and and I even understand it, right? So it's about the influence on people to do things that that you will them to do because in your mind, you feel passionate about this thing that you can direct folk to do something so heinous. That when I, so for me, having this microphone, this platform, the responsibility to never do harm. I take a Hippocratic oath when I open this microphone to never do harm because the potential is Hitler. So if I always have That's that true. in my, in my, in my view, I, I never want to go down that path. And I always kind of give myself an out because I'm a woman and I'm like a bull, which is a masculine being that is also a man. I think to me, the double whammy of that you know, doesn't provide the balance to be able to look at humanity, you know, and as a woman, I'm naturally going to want to heal and grow and bring. Into, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, you know, I kind of give myself, you know, like, wow, I, I could never be that, but I'm mindful. I'm very mindful. And I think so, that, that. 
so just to go back to answer your question, the traits of Aries, I mean, some of the things I've said is that there can be real leadership, um, a real sense of having purpose and knowing that you have a sense of purpose. Um, there can be attachment of identity to purpose, which can be a good or bad thing, right? And when I say identity to purpose, feeling like, you know, I can do this, I'm gonna make this happen. So it can have a certain defiance to it. Um, there can be also the, the problem of pride and arrogance, you know, like I'm remarkable, right? Cause it's the exaltation of the sun. The sun in Leo is kind of like, no, I'm just chilling. I'm just being myself, just my glorious self. But you know, sometimes the exalted planets feel like they have to work a little harder, you know, and, and have a little more attitude with it. So that can also be a trait of Aries, you know, um, where they like, don't you know who I am? I mean, this is kind of, you know, as beautiful and also as wonderful um, as Diana can be, right? <laughs> um, we also can see like, I am supreme, <laughs> right? So we saw even some emanations of that during the course of her long life. Um, so that can be one of the darker aspects of it, you know, where they can get to selfish and all these things. But when they're tapped into the real source, not just spirit, but also their hearts, they can be immensely generous and um, will fight for you, right? And that's, that's a lot, you know, and I don't mean like literally getting in the trenches with people, but advocating for you, pushing. And I, I said, they can be your cheerleaders. Um, they can bring a lot of energy. And, you know, if you want to get a party started right, you want to get this party started quickly, right? That, you know, then that's going to be the Aries and they'll get out. And, they'll, you know, they'll be the first ones that are like, why are they looking silly? Why are they look kind of fun? You know, and then like, Leo might come out and like, okay, let me try my thing. You know, the fire signs. But the first of the fire signs is Aries, right? Is that kind of burst of spring. That story of identity is where we start from Aries, right? And then it matures as it goes into Leo where there's a consolidation and concentration of power. And then it kind of goes toward its height in Sagittarius as we're in now, right? And that, that becomes more where identity becomes wisdom by virtue of experience and by, by virtue of expending the energy of the self. And as you're saying that, I think about um, Clinton and Obama are Leo's presidents. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are there any Aries presidents? I'm sure, but not that I know of in the 20th century that come off the, uh, the top. Um, one piece of shade I will say um, no shade, no shade on the Aries, Sam. No shade. No, no, I wasn't gonna say about Aries per se, but one thing that's interesting, I just think about presidents. You know, so far we've only had single-term Gemini presidents. We haven't had a multi-term Gemini president. We've had a couple um, double-term Leo presidents, right? So that's kind okay. of the thing. Okay. All right. Um, other famous, you, you talked about the songstress, which I, I didn't even realize until you said Aretha and Diana Ross oh my and Mariah. Gosh, I'm trying to think. What? I'm trying to think, yeah, you know, in terms of, you know, famous Aries. Um, oh my God, I'm blanking on some others. Well, Lady Gaga, I mean, there's another. Um, Lady songstress. Gaga? Lady Gaga's an Aries too? Mm hmm. Yeah, Jeez. Elton John. Um, Kira Knightley, 
you know, in terms of just some people, people, uh, Pharrell. Okay, yes. You know, I mean, these become prime creative types of people who really want to kind of emanate the sense of, you know, identity of, of spirit, you know. So there are other people, of course, um, you know, like even, who am I saying, Steven Tyler. I mentioned some others, but yeah, a lot of them are singers. Celine Dion, you know. Wow, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, All that's right. what the, and, and Robert, okay, one, I, I have to mention Robert Downey Jr. too. Um, Cause you can see it, like he lets his Aries flag fly when he's Tony Stark, right? And that really can kind of, and that really, he does testify to all the real, the best of Aries, right? And the worst, right? You can see how arrogant he was, but anyone who's seen Endgame, you know, maybe there wasn't a dry tear in the, you know, dry yeah. eye in the house because, you know, I'm gonna get he, sacrificed, spoiler yeah, he alerts. sacrificed himself. He sacrificed yeah. himself as the I am. Mm -hmm. Man, that's really powerful. He sacrificed himself for the good of everybody. Yep. That's that's the power of Aries. Like to be willing to put yourself in the front line. Are you will this is the question I would ask Aries to contemplate? Are you putting yourself in the front line just to be in the front? Or are you putting yourself on the front line? in order because that's the, the right place to be. That's the place where you advance what you serve. And that could be a principle, that could be the idea, that could be the spirit. I think we should end on that note because I think that's powerful. And uh, thank you for leaving. I don't know what that music is, Sam. What is that music? It's an alarm. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, you're supposed to leave. Okay, you have something it's to do. It's not mine. Okay, hilarious. <laughs> Is it an Aries' uh, alarm? No, no. No, it's no. no, a Sag's <laughs> alarm. Okay. All right. Sag and Scorpio. Mm, okay. That's a good combo. I, it's I a think, difficult combo. It's a combo. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait till we get into compatibility, whatever that means, because I, okay. I suspect just based on these first conversations that you can be compatible with anybody when you truly know yourself. That's true. That's a, Thank you. And that's okay. not said enough in the astrology world it really isn't you know people think synastry is just about you know like chemistry like mixing two things and that's not it i can't wait to have that conversation but on that note i appreciate you uh next week taurus i can't wait we, and and just i'm sorry let me apologize because i inserted myself in this aries conversation but i think that was a very taurus thing to do maybe i don't know you'll tell me <laughs> You tell me next week. Well, I, I'm sure our followers, your followers will, will tell us. I mean, like I've been in, enjoying the, the comments, you know, on the YouTube. And for that person who was offended by, offended by me taking that Indian accent, I'm sorry, I won't do that again. Right. Yeah. I just, I, let me tell you, uh, Sam, and I appreciate that you're in the comments. Uh, but if you're in the comments, comment, add something to the conversation. You know, don't just be in your feelings. We're not here to hurt anybody. There's mm -hmm. no intent. We're not here, you know, even the side shade or whatever. It is in the flow of conversation. There's no no definitive means to, to hurt anybody. So if you're offended, check yourself. It's a you. It's a you problem because that's mm -hmm. not the intent. So uh, come into the comments with love because that's what we're doing this in. So uh, I want to tell you I love you and I appreciate love the work too. that you do 
unlockastrology.com is where you can find him. His schedule is booked up, but you know, maybe uh, next year you'll be able to get a reading <laughs> from yeah. Sam Reynolds. So, uh, yes, I will put all of the links in the, in the uh, description. So subscribe and give it the thumbs up and share it and follow him at unlockastrology.com or at SF Reynolds on, on Twitter. Twitter. And Instagram. And I'll send you the Thema Mundi just as soon as we get off so that people can see a visual for Rulership. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.